Good morning, and thank you for joining me uh, once again as we make our way through the book of Second Chronicles on our way to reading uh, through the Bible in a year. We've made our way uh, to chapter 21, so we'll be looking at chapters 21, 22, 23, and 24, uh, coming to kind of our point of emphasis in chapter 23, uh, verse 3 uh, today. Uh, I'll remind you that, that the, uh, the two books of the uh, Chronicles uh, are somewhat parallel uh, to that of First and Second Kings, not exactly, but, but much of the information, and sometimes from a little different perspective, uh, written at a, probably a later date than the book of First and Second Kings. And so uh, it is uh, very interesting. Uh, lots of names, lots of places, lots of dates. Uh, again, I just reflecting as I was preparing, uh, one of the reasons that uh, uh, when I was in college I took American history versus world history was uh, American history didn't cover near as much time and didn't have near as many names as uh, world history. And so uh, I was reminded of that as kind of trying to keep a catalog of all the names that is mentioned over the course of the 400 years uh, covered in the book of Second Chronicles. And so in chapter 21, uh, we come to the reign of the son of Jehoshaphat. He's passed off the scene. He has died. And Jehoram is going to uh, come uh, to the, the throne. And uh, uh, we are told that, uh, uh, that he begins uh, well. He ascends to the throne, uh, he's established his, his reign, but yet he follows the ways of the kings of Israel there in verse uh, 6. And so uh, the only reason that uh, this king and his family is not wiped off is because of God's faithfulness to the covenant made with David back in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And so we uh, see here that... Uh, uh, Jehoram is going uh, to uh, murder all of his brothers, and uh, uh, yet uh, there's going to be one, the youngest son, uh, excuse me, he's going to murder his brothers, and yet the, the youngest of the sons of uh, Jehoram, of, excuse me, of Jehoshaphat, like I say, these names get me, get my head spinning sometimes, uh, but the youngest son is going to be uh, preserved from the murderous rage of the queen mother, Athaliah, that's going to rise to rule the nation and be ultimately wicked. And so uh, we are told uh, that there's going to be a faithful priest that's going to uh, be the uh, one who kind of uh, preserves the, the Davidic line and assures uh, that this uh, son, Joash, is going to ultimately come uh, to the royal uh, throne. Uh, while Joash is coming of age, uh, Jehoiada seems to have a great deal of influence as uh, described in chapters 23 and uh, 24. And uh, he actually repairs the temple and uh, extends reforms and, and brings something of a, a somewhere along the lines of reformation and revival uh, to uh, the nation. And so let's look at our focal passage there in chapter 23, verse 3. And all the assembly made a covenant with the king of the house of God, and Jehoiada said to them, Behold the king's son. Let him reign as the Lord spoke concerning the sons of David. 
This is the thing that you shall do. Of you, you priests and Levites who come off duty on the Sabbath, one-third shall be gatekeepers, and one-third shall be at the king's house, and one-third the gate of the foundation. And all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. Let no one enter the house of the Lord except the priests and the ministering Levites. They may enter, for they are holy, but all the people shall keep charge of the Lord. And the Levites shall surround the king, each with his weapons in, their hand, in his hand. And whoever enters the house of the Lord shall put, be put to death, but with the king when he comes in and when he goes out. And so uh, this uh, godly king, uh, uh, Jehoiada, is, is, go, is going to uh, make a plan to, to protect the king. He sees that he's going to be ultimately revealed at the appropriate time, makes plans and, uh, to protect uh, the king, and is ultimately going to see to it that this evil queen mother, Athaliah, uh, will be executed. And so you see in the background uh, both uh, the, uh, the plans of, of, of godly men, that, that there's this godly remnant, and then we also see the ultimate purpose of God of preserving the line of David, that uh, he is going to be faithful uh, to this promise, uh, that the wickedness of men will not stop that, and that ultimately... Uh, there, there will be one who will inherit that throne who will rule and reign in perfect righteousness. And of course we know that to be uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here in the course of the history, uh, kind of embedded there, uh, at a very difficult and a very terrible time in the nation uh, that God uh, intervenes to ensure that one of the promised line would indeed survive for the line to be carried on. And so uh, uh, we see that. Uh, we see that God is at work, even as the nation tends to be trending toward uh, the apostasy for which they will ultimately be judged and deported. And so uh, more about that in later chapters, and I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow. <music>